Good morning. I want to ask you a question, and we are going to talk about it during the course of the, the message today. Why were you created? Why were you created? That's the question that we want to answer today. Now, let's first of all go to Isaiah chapter 42, and we want to see God's provision for us and for Israel. And, of course, we are the spiritual Israel. We want to go to the first chapter. He said, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not crowd or raise his voice, nor will his voice be heard in the street. A bruised reed he would not break, a dimly burning wick he would not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not be disheartened or crushed until he has established justice on the earth. Now, we, we know he, he's talking about Jesus. He says that in verse 5, Thus says the Lord God who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spreads out the earth and its offspring, who gives breath to the people on it, and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you. I will appoint you as a covenant to the people. Still talking about Jesus. As a light to the nations, to open the blind eyes, to bring forth prisoners from the dungeon, and to those who dwell in darkness from the prison. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. And this is what the Lord says to Israel. Now, let's uh, look over in verse 43, uh, chapter 43. Let's start in verse 1. He was restoring Israel. He says, but, uh, verse 1, But now, thus says the Lord, your creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. Now, we can listen to these, and we are the spiritual Israel, even though he's talking about the natural Israel. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will flame burn you. Have you heard those words before? In the uh, words that came forth, uh, this morning, uh, from the people, you heard some of those same things. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I have given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba to your, in your place, since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored, and I love you. Have you heard that before? I will give other men in your place and other peoples in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east. And, you know, I like to, uh, to, to tell parents this uh, because we can take this and apply it to our situation because he says, I will bring your offspring from the east. I will gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, south, do not hold back. Bring my sons and daughters from afar off and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name. Now listen to this now. Everyone who is called by my name 
and whom I have created for my glory. Why were you created? That's what the Lord says. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory. That's what he says. That excites me. It excites me because God said it. It's not something somebody made up and you read it in a book and, and it's somebody's opinion about what uh, he thinks God or she thinks God may be saying. This is what God says to us today because we're the spiritual Israel. Why were you created? Why were you created? Let me read it again. Everyone who is called by, now are you called by the name of the Lord? Now we might be in the wrong place. <laughs> are you called by the name of the Lord? If you are called by the name of the Lord, he said, and whom I have created, and we have a creator. We're not talking about what they teach in, in public schools and all those type of things about evolution now. We have a creator. We were created. He says, for my glory. Why? Were we created for God's glory? That's right, for God's glory. Because that is what God is saying to us as a congregation, that this is going to be a backdrop of everything we do uh, as a congregation, what I'm proposing that we do this year. Whatever we do, we're going to do because God said, that we were created for his glory. So for the glory of God is going to be the backdrop of everything. Why were you created? Okay, I don't want you to forget it now. I don't want you to forget it. Now, when we're talking about uh, for God's glory, of course, now we've come to a point where, okay, for God's glory, for God's glory. What is glory? What is glory? Because if I don't know what glory is, then I don't know whether I'm giving God's glory. Because I need to give God glory. Not that God needs anything to be added to him. Do we understand that? He doesn't need anything. He's self-sufficient. He doesn't need love. He is love. Some of them say sometimes that God needs us because he needs an expression of his love. God doesn't have any needs. If he had any needs, he'll, be, he'll have weaknesses. See, we have needs. He doesn't have any needs. Self-sufficient. He's light. He's love. He's everything. Now, when we're defining glory, we have to say, well, what has God said uh, some, some places? Because if he, if he says some things, then I, I need to understand what, what he's talking about. I'm going to take you to a place in Scripture. Isaiah, he's seeing a vision. He's seeing the Lord exalted. He's high. He's lofty. And his, he's sitting on a throne. And his train is filling the temple. We see the Lord, but we see seraphim standing over him. Seraphim are these angelic creatures here. And they have uh, six wings. Two of the wings, they cover their eyes. Two of the wings, they cover their feet. And two of the wings, they fly. And they are saying one to another, they are saying, holy, holy, holy 
is the Lord of hosts. And it says that all the earth is filled with his, and we'll think, we would think he would say, holiness. But he doesn't. He says, glory. Just like in Revelation, we have creatures also have six wings around the throne. They're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, who was, who is, and is to come. So when they say that, and then 24 elders, they fall down, they cast their crowns. And so we have all this going on around the throne. So we get the picture that God is holy. Now, when we talk about holiness, we know that holiness, and for our sake, we say it's, it's sanctification. When we say, be holy as the Lord is holy, we're talking about sanctification. We're talking about moving further and further away from the things of the world and closer and closer to the things of God. But God is not uh, anywhere near us in holiness. Do you understand that? God is holy. As far as the east is from the west, as far as earth is, as far as this place in the galaxy, we're talking about God is holy. He is holy. It's no darkness in him. It's no shadow of turning in him. God is holy. And so they are saying, holy, holy, holy. We can't, one holy doesn't get it. You know, it really doesn't. And so that's why we have it around the throne in Revelation. They are continually saying, holy, 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 because there is no end to his holiness. So therefore, uh, we, we're saying, well, if he's holy now, in, in which he is, he's saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. My, the whole earth is filled with, we'll think, holiness, but it says his glory then how does glory relate to holiness? Because it's in the same verse. When we want to define glory, then we look to holiness and we say, well, if he says that all the earth is filled with his glory, then glory has something to do with the manifestation of his holiness. Do you understand what I'm saying? If if, if he's going to show you his holiness, he's going to show you his glory. So now glory also is the full essence of his person. God is infinitely, not only holy, but he's infinitely powerful, isn't he? He's infinitely beautiful. God is beautiful. And you say, well, I don't know whether I can look at God as beautiful or not. God is beautiful. He's infinitely beautiful. Everything he he creates is beautiful. Because he's beautiful. You can't create anything that's not beautiful if you are, are infinitely beautiful. Also, he's infinitely Great, great, God is great. He's great, infinitely great. I don't know how to define glory, except, (laughs) you know, it's just all the, the attributes of God, all his character, all his, everything about him represents glory. It really represents glory. When, when I was, um, uh, if you if trying to define it, I said, well, it may be like beauty if I ask you to define what's beautiful. How are you going to define it? Really? You can show me pictures of, oh, now this is beautiful. I said, oh, oh, that's what's beautiful. Uh, 
this is beautiful over here too. Okay, that's be- see that right there? That's beautiful. Okay, okay. So after a while, if you show me enough things, I'll get a picture of beautiful. But if you try to explain to me in words, you can't do it. So I, I, to explain glory, I can't do it. So I said, I'm going to show you some pictures. I'm going to show you some pictures that, that, that show uh, more than just word pictures. I'll show you pictures, pictures uh, to show you some of the things. So one of the pictures I want to show you, uh, they, they'll be on the screen there. If we can uh, get it on, on the screen. One of those pictures would be uh, like the sun. Now, we know that, that, that God is light, don't we? God is light. And we know that the sun has light too, doesn't it? We know that you can't even see God. Nobody can look at God's face and live, right? We can't. We can't look at his face and live. You know, his, it's just like glory just emanates from him. It's like those rays that shoot out from the sun. Everything that comes from him is just glory, glorious, glorious. Let's see the next one there. Uh, now, now, you say, well, why is he bobsetting or whatever that thing is on? No, I'm not interested in him. I'm interested in what you see in the backdrop there is all that snow. See, to me, that, sh- that tells me a little bit of what, what glory is. Glorious is that here is God pictured from, from, from the time that, that there was ever snow on this earth to the time that, that he takes he, he, he does away with this earth and brings a new heaven, new earth in. There's going to be snow somewhere, isn't it? All the snow is all over the world in Maine, everywhere, Canada, everywhere. It has been no, well, they say it's been two, but no snowflake the same. It's like a fingerprint. Now, on the Internet, they said they found two that was identical, two in all the world. Yeah, so you're right, you know. <laughs> How did you get it? By the time you feel it, you know, well, come on. You know. None the same. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how glorious that is for, for, for God to, to set in motion that every snowflake that ever falls, there'll never be two the same. Whew. Glory. That's all you want to say. Glory. You know? Let's look at the next one. Now, that's like a person standing there on that rock. And what's behind that is Niagara Falls. Now, it's not the highest falls. It's wide. But that's glorious. I mean, just that, that waterfall. God, he just makes things, and it, it's just so beautiful. Beautiful. Let, let's uh, keep going over there. And that's another picture of Niagara Falls, another one. And that's another picture of Niagara Falls. Keep going. And this is not, 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 oh, this is glorious, this is glorious. This is glorious, I tell you. This, these are redwoods, and, and, and they say that redwoods, they can grow anywhere from 250 feet all the way up to they found some 370-some feet in height. They said that, that, that the diameter, about six feet off the ground, is from 25 to about 30-some feet in diameter. I saw one redwood, in a, and, and they had made a road through it, and a car was driving through it, and it's still growing. I said, glory. <laughs> you know, glory. Let's see the next one. Uh, there's a person standing beside one. Keep going. And there's the height of some. Keep going. Now, summits. I was, I was looking at I was looking at some of the summits. And one of the summits uh, is there are about seven summits. They said sometimes they eat and all that. 
Mount Everest is, is the highest one uh, in Asia, and, and it's, it's high. It's high. Uh, Mount McKinley is the highest one in North America, uh, over about 22,000 feet. And I said, wow, this is glorious to make something like that. And just think, God, if you, you know, think of, uh, let's say, Genesis, when he first when he first set things in motion, he separated the waters from the waters, and then he he called that separation the expanse, the atmosphere, and that means it was just as much water down here as it is up there, because he separated the waters from the waters. He can cause water to go all the way higher than the highest summer. He did, didn't he? And flooded the earth, didn't he? Forty days and forty nights. He could have done it quicker than that if he wanted to. Keep going. This is glorious. Glorious, glorious, glorious. Grand Canyon. Just glorious. Keep going. Glorious stuff. Now, I love this myself because, you know, the galaxy that we live in is called a what? Milky Way. And there, there, there are so many stars in, in just our galaxy, but they are galaxies upon galaxies upon galaxies. They don't even know how many galaxies there are out there. And God put this in motion, put this here, just to show us his glory. Because what other reason why he put them together? You see, he put them together so that uh, we'll find some sometime the other people that's out there. No, 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 no. He put them there because he wants us to see his glory. Do you know that Jesus said in John 17, when he was praying, he said, God, those who you give me, I want them to be with me where I am because I want them to see the glory that you have given me. Can we imagine the glory that God has given Jesus Christ? Because he said, you know, from eternity, you've given me glory. I want them to see the glory that you've given me. Glory given of him. Now, now water, of course, specifically, now we know that water, water is glorious to me only because the earth is about 30% 30% land and about 70% water. And I say, well, this is glorious because how in the world does God keep Satan from flooding this whole thing and just killing us all? Because he could do it. I mean, 70% water. But God put bounds on the water that he can't go anywhere. Glorious! I'm telling you, this is glorious. Let me see another. Now, these are little bit of things here. Uh, <laughs> they call them clownfish, and they, they, they come in, in, in uh, they, they have these stripes, red and white, white stripes. And things. Some of them don't have white stripes. Um, uh, one of them, the, the uh, red, uh, the fire clownfish, he doesn't have, have, have red, have those stripes there, and another one don't. But most of them have those little stripes, and, and they're just little things. You, now, now, I told you God was beautiful. Everything he makes beautiful. You've been to these, um, these places where they got all these fish on display. They call it a what? 
And, and have you seen some of the, some of the fish look like some of the round things? Look like just, just, you know, it look like <laughs> grass or. As they, and, but but all of a sudden they they'll move and they'll wave. And I said, man, God is glorious. Let me see another. Now, now can you imagine somebody making a horse with stripes? Yeah. But God, He just He just He just want to make a lot of different things, doesn't He? All of them beautiful, aren't they? Thank you. God is what? We were created. For his glory. For his glory. For his glory. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians. Oh, I won't turn there. 1 Corinthians uh, 10, 31. Uh, basically, uh, well, go on and turn there. But in, in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, it says something that's very important. Why should we do anything in 2011? I don't, I don't care what you do. Why should you do anything? Because some of you made New Year's resolutions, which is, which is good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with making New Year's resolutions because there's, there's something like, uh, you know, it's a new year, so it's a new time to uh, kind of uh, get some things in order, make some new goals and things like that, get back on track. But I don't care what you've made as a New Year's resolution. I don't care what we are going forth as a congregation. Still... Everything that we do, whether we eat, whether we drink, whatever we do, we should do all to the, somebody say it for me, glory of God. Shouldn't we? Because we were created for his glory. In Romans chapter 1, it's a, you've, uh, you read it, and we sometimes think that, well, I don't know whether he, he created everything for God's, for his glory. I don't know. Maybe it's just for Christians. I, I don't really know. So we look in verse 20. Um, well, let's look, start in verse 18. Chapter 1, verse 18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because that which is known about God is evident within them. Where is it evident? Within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes... His eternal power and divine nature, we saw some in pictures, have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. It says, for even though they knew God, they did not, King James said, glorify him, and a New American Standard says, honor him which is another way of saying glory, honor, as God, or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Who's going to be without excuse? Whether, whether saved or unsaved, who's going to be without excuse? 
there's going to be no one without excuse. Because he says that he has made known to everybody. He's made it evident through the things that he's made, that he's created and made. He says, they did not give him glory. They didn't give him honor. They didn't give him praise. And as uh, one of the people came up, Deidre is saying that the young people need to learn to praise God, need to worship God, need to honor God, need to glorify God. We all need to do that because of who he is. He is God. He's the creator. He's the holy of holies. He deserves our worship. He deserves our praise. He deserves everything that we can give him that's good. In another place in Scripture, he was saying, uh, and I'm going to Matthew now, he says that you are the light of the world. That's what he says. A city that's, that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. I'm in Matthew 5. It's 15. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it on a bushel, but put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Then he says in verse 16, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and what? Glorify your Father who is in, in heaven. So he wants all Christians to be uh, do everything they do, everything they say, every place they go, all their good works, he wants them to, he wants all of us to do those good works so that all the world can see that light and glorify him who's in heaven. Now, that is a, that is a hard thing to do. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to do to, to do something and then for somebody to see it and then glorify God. You see what I'm saying? Let's say that I want to give someone something. So I, uh, if someone who is in need of food, so I give them uh, groceries. I go buy groceries for them. Well, see, the, the problem with that is that most people who are unsaved, what, they, what are they going to do? Thank you. And they're going to think highly of you. That's what they're going to do. Because that's what people do. And rightfully so. But now Christians will say, thank God. You know, but, but we know that thank God. But I don't say people, they don't know to thank God, so they thank, thank you. But let me tell you, when, when really the, the thanks go to God, it can't go to you. Is, you know, the Sermon on, uh, on the Mount, Beatitudes that people call some, you know, the Beatitudes. Do, do, do you know that when you love somebody that hates you, I mean, you, you, you're, you, you're sitting in your workplace, and you have a supervisor that everybody knows in that workplace doesn't like you. And, and he just picks on you, or she picks on you, she gives you all stuff to do that's not in your job description. And they all, they, everybody knows they are, they, they're trying to get rid of you. And they say, well, 
what do you think of, you know, supervisor so-and-so? And you say, well, you know, uh, I think they have some nice qualities about them. Um, I think that, um, uh, that they need God, and I'm praying for that. Uh, but I understand, I understand, you know, what they're going through. Don't you just hate them? No, I pray for them every night, you know. Uh, I, uh, I don't have anything against them. Why, why are you, why, what's this gift on your, on your, on your, uh, on your, on your desk here? I know it's Christmas. Uh, we already gave our gifts. I want to give this to my supervisor. What? And you give it to them, and, and, and they don't like it. They throw it in the trash can, you know. And you smile and walk away. Now, let me ask you. What would they say? They say you're crazy, right? And they, 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 if they, if somebody asks them, why do you think this person is doing that? They say, I don't know. They, they are crazy, number one. But if they, they are doing, I know they are Christians. So it must be because of the one they serve. Do you realize that, that the only, the only person who can get any, any, glory is God in a situation like that. You don't get, you don't get any praise uh, when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake and you take it. When, when you are cursed and you bless. Nobody gives you glory. They give it to God. Because they say, it's got to be God. It can't, it can't be you. you know? It's got to be God. Because people don't do it. People don't do that. So I'm saying that in 2011, what we want to do, we have to find a way. And we're going we're gonna to do good deeds anyway. But God, he says that, he says that, you know, if you suffer, if you suffer and, and you suffer because you did something wrong, then there's no thanks in that, you know, uh, even if you take it. But if you suffer, suffer for my sake and you take it, you have praise coming to you. He said that we were, we, we were uh, destined to suffer for his sake, in other words. It is, there, there's, there's, you know, I can tell you where it is in, in, in Peter, First Peter chapter 2. Um, we're called, the Bible says, to suffer. We're called to suffer. Now, people like to hear the other stuff. They, 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 they were called to be blessed, you know. But we are called to suffer because he left us an example. He suffered for us. So if we are going to, if we are going to give him glory, we are going to have to accept all that the Bible teaches from Genesis to Revelation and walk in it, not just the stuff that sounds good, but the things that are good. Also, because it's really good when you forgive somebody that you don't want to forgive for his sake. I'm trying to help us in 2011 give glory to God. I don't care what you uh, made as a New Year's resolution. I want to thank all of you that has been here 
um, in the length of time with us through the years that uh, God is so good to us. He's been so good to us. He is so good to us. He will be so good to us. Uh, have we suffered? Absolutely. You know, have we been blessed? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we take it all, won't we? And uh, uh, so, you know, we have, we have moved from, uh, in five years, we moved four times. Four times. And that's usually not good for uh, families. It's not good for a church to move five time, four times in five years. And uh, it's taken a toll on us. But I thank God for that because he has brought us into a building of our own that nobody can kick us off this property. You know, <laughs> they can't sell it and Walmart build anything. They can't do that on this property. And I'm, th- I'm thankful because you have been faithful because he has caused you to be faithful because some of you have been with us throughout the whole time. That's faithfulness. That's faithfulness. And, and I don't count it a small thing. The elders don't call it, call, uh, count it a small thing. When we exhibit the same type of character as God, because God is faithful. It tells all the time, and I, ask you, I can ask you, how often is God faithful? You say all the time, just like he's good. He's, he's faithful all the time. He's never unfaithful, is he? Never unfaithful. And when we can be faithful in spite of the circumstances, then God gets the glory. Do you understand what I'm saying? He gets the glory. He doesn't get glory when, when, when you are faithful, when everything is going hunky-dory. You know, peaches and cream. He gets the glory when you stay in a marriage that uh, is not really what you thought it was going to be. Can everybody marry that? Amen. Why do we stay in it? For his glory. Right? Yeah, for his glory. And as we are faithful, he shows himself faithful. And as we uh, draw near to him, as some of the words uh, came forth today during worship, then he starts transforming each one in the marriage. He doesn't, he, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't you know, listen to my prayers for my wife and say, well, I'm going to fix her for him. No, no. He fixes me for her. So I say that God gets glory in that. He doesn't get, he doesn't get, he does not get glory in divorce. He hates it, doesn't he? We know it happens, but it's okay. We're not going to keep doing it always. No, we're not going to keep doing it. We have to find that in 2011, we're going to have to find those ways to glorify God. And I'm telling you, they're right here in Scripture. All we have to do is follow Jesus' example. Go to the cross. Go to the cross. Every situation you can, go to the cross. What do I mean go to the cross? Die to yourself. To your selfishness. To my selfishness. We all are so selfish. I'm, I'm serious. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me. God will get glory if we'll die to that 
in situations. You had to do it day by day now. Day by day. You had to die to it. We can give God glory in our words and our actions when we are ready to talk about somebody because they, they deserve to be talked about. <laughs> we remember Proverbs, so I put a watch upon my lips of God upon my mouth. No, 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 no. we're not going to say anything about anybody but good things. Right? We're not going to tell the truth about the person. Do you understand? Because really, we don't know the truth about the person. We really don't. I'm, I'm trying to help us now in 2011 because this is what God is saying to us in 2011. Our congregational goals last, last time, uh, last year we had three. We did one, I thought, really well, and that was uh, James. We said we were going to uh, learn and do James. I thought we did an extremely good job of that. And um, we had five the year before. We had three last year. And this year, um, narrowed down to one. Because <laughs> it's the only thing I seem to be able to do well, one. <laughs> so, uh, and it's my fault when I don't encourage and emphasize something. So, uh, for 2011, the congregational goal will be to uh, learn the vision and to do it. Learn the vision and do it. We used to put it on the bulletin all the time when we were having bulletins. And I know you know the vision. And I know that some of you, as guests today, you don't know the vision. But the vision is to be connected. Be connected to God, to the body, to ministry, a ministry, and to the world. That's the vision. That's all we're going to do today. All we're going to do the whole, the whole year is that one goal as a congregation. We want to move from one place to another on that, on that line. And people ask you, so what's the vision of course? It's to be connected to God, to the, to the body, to a ministry, and to the world. And well, uh, how do you all make disciples at Cornerstone? Being connected to God, to the, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? To the body, to a ministry, and to the world. What's your purpose at Cornerstone? To be connected to God, to the body, to a ministry, to the world. Well, how are you going to achieve that? You know? What's the process? Be connected to God, to the body, to ministry, to the world. Because, see, that's right down the line. It's movement in that vision. So we'll be talking about how we're going to how are we going to really, to what do we mean by that? We want you to be connected to God because if you're not connected to God, let's fold up tent, you know? Right? One way of being connected to God, of course, is being in, in service, which is body. You know? The body is important. Jesus died for his body, didn't he? It's, it's important. Being connected to it. It's important being connected to God. Uh, we want to have a, uh, we want to have a uh, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. That's one of the words that came today. I think is to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to draw near to Him. We want to, we, we want to love on Him. And in order to do that, we need to spend time with Him, don't we? We need to know God. We need to know about 
God. We need to know about Jesus Christ. And, and so to do that, we want to read his word, don't we? If we're going to be connected to God, we need to definitely read his word. Now, so what I suggest is that uh, how many of you have not have, have read it? So how many of you read the Bible in the last year? Told it through. Okay, one. Okay. Okay, uh, what I want to suggest is, is that if you have not read the Bible, told it through, and, 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 and some people have statistics that say 90% of, of professed Christians have never read the Bible all the way through. Okay? Not in one sitting, they just have never read it. They read parts of it, bits and pieces, but they never read it all the way through. And so uh, one of the goals, if you never read it all the way through, I want you to read the Bible all the way through from Genesis to Revelation. And um, I don't care how long it takes you, really, because the issue is not, to me, let's read through the Bible in 2011. Okay, I, you know, that, that doesn't impress me. I don't think it impressed God either. Uh, but if you want to read it all the way through in 2011, that's fine too. Okay, because I think it impresses God when you know him. I don't think it impresses your husband. Uh, let's say, uh, husband, I don't think you, you impress your wife when you sit down with her uh, all every single day, but you pay little attention to her. You don't know exactly what she says. You don't know anything she says because you're not paying attention. That is not impressive to your wife. Guaranteed. If you don't listen to her, but you say, I heard what you said, and she said, well, what did I say? Just tell me one more time, you know. No, you know, uh, find somewhere else to sleep tonight, you know. <laughs> you, you need to not just listen to her, not just read, but get to know the person you're reading about. That's what I'm, that's, what, that's all, all the thing I'm suggesting to you. Um. They have many different reading programs, and if you want to read through the Bible in, in a year, uh, that, that, that's fine with me. Um, uh, they got about, I think it's, they said about 1,189 verses. If you divide about 365 days, it comes out about 3.25. So if you read about 3.25 uh, chapters per day, you're finished in a, in, a, in, a, in a year. And it takes about 90 hours for an average reader to get through uh, the Bible. So if you want to read it in three, three months, then all you have to do is read an hour a day. You get through it in three months. If you want to get to it in six months, read a half hour a day. A year, 15 minutes a day. You get to the Bible. So if you want to get through the Bible, it's okay. You want to do it in a year. What I tell people is that I want you to start reading through the Bible, and if, if it takes you six years, it's okay. Because I want, to, I want you to ask questions of the text. I want you to ask questions like, why did, why did Cain do what he did? Why did, he, you know, why did God tell him that, that you know, uh, why, why, why wasn't his offering, you know, really acceptable? I don't want to just, you just read over that thing. You see? I want you to know about King David, all the things he did. I don't want you just to know about David and Goliath. You know, I want you to know all about him and why he did what he did because, because God is saying uh, some of the same things to us. I want to know. So that's why I said I'd rather for you, you know, to read for content rather than for speed. Now, but you can do what you want to do. I'm not trying to control you. 
You can do what you want to do. But we want to read through the Bible. Okay? So if you December 31st this year, if you say, I'm still on Genesis, but I'm reading through it. Praise God. I mean, seriously, praise God. Because you probably know more than I know about Genesis. You know, really. (laughs) Which is a good thing, you know, which is a good thing. Okay? Also, we want to have a devotional time, and, and, and part of uh, connecting to God, it helps me to be accountable. It really does. So some of the things we're doing with some of the men and some of the women that, that we work with is that we're saying, let's uh, be accountable with one another. So uh, one of the men, uh, Barry Whit, he, he started what we call a, a, you call it a Google group. I didn't know what it was, a Google group. I didn't know what they do with a Google group, you know. But he said, well, what you do with that group is you sign up. I'm, I'll send it to you. You know, I know you're uh, computer illiterate. So uh, I'm going to send it to you. You just sign up. And then all you had to do is just send uh, your name, just type in success or failure, and everybody in the group will see it, okay. Now, I don't know whether I want everybody to see that in the group, you know. Uh, but what the group is, everybody is, 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 is friendly with one another. And so what it does is it encourages everybody. In the group, it encourages everybody. Oh, Johnny has success. Man, I, ne- I better get on my stick because I know when I see him, he's not going to, he's going to ask me about why I don't, you know, uh, have success on things. So I'm going to do that. So just the ones who want to do it are doing it. And it, it's a good thing. So uh, we, we want to help you to be accountable uh, to some of your goals in 2011. And nobody is going to be heavy-handed on you. Nobody. Um, I have someone who, who, who's, who's accountable to me, been accountable to me about, I guess, about seven years probably. And I, I never say anything but encouraging things to him. Never have I said, my goodness gracious, you turkey, why in the world haven't you emailed me? You know, I, I don't do that. I just, I don't say anything. Or I encourage them. That's all I do. But evidently, it works for them because they're still doing it. So all I'm asking you to do is that that we want to give God glory. And I think knowing him helps give him glory. It does, okay? Let's stand. If there's anyone here that have not given your life to Jesus Christ, today is the day of salvation. If there's anyone here that have not rededicated your life to Jesus Christ, you know that you have given your life to Christ, but you know and God knows that you've strayed from him. But you want 2011 to be a year that you're returning to your creator, to the one that created you to give him glory. You want to return. If that's you, would you raise your hand and put it back down and, and we'll pray for you. We want to embarrass you, just pray for you. No one here like that. That you want to rededicate your life or you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. We want to pray for you. 
there are many of us here that we want to give God more glory in 2011 than we did in 2010. There's many of you that the message was, was for. It was not only for me. I need to give God more glory in 2011 than I did in 2010. The message was for you too. Some of you. If that's you, I'm saying to you, join with me and being determined that this year is going to be a year that God will be glorified in the things that we say, the things that we do, the things that we don't do, the things that we don't say, they're going to be not said to give him glory. It's going to be not done to give him glory. It's going to be done to give him glory. It's going to be said to give him glory. And I think you understand the difference between those four things. Join men in that. Because he's worthy. He's worthy. Of all of our praise. Of all the honor. He's worthy. Father, thank you. Thank you. Let's close in prayer. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to glorify you, Lord. Thank you for telling us personally why we were created for your glory. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that you've given us to live in us, to guide us, to teach us, to bring to our members those things that you've said to us, to sanctify us, to move us from glory to glory. Thank you, Father. Father, help us this year to be more sensitive to your Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of glory. Thank you, Father, for giving us the Holy Spirit. And we want to be sensitive, more sensitive, more sensitive this year than last year. Which, if we are, we will give you more glory.